The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. It's a good song. I try to, or I do pray about what to preach about each week and try to uh, really see where I am and where we are and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in what He would have me say. And I know the praise team, they pray uh, weekly also. And uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I preached on what to do when your ship is sinking. And uh, they said, we're learning and we're putting together a new song. <clears throat> it had been perfect for the, your sermon today. And uh, the Lord knows better because today this is even more perfect <clears throat> in what we're going to talk about. We talked that three weeks ago, and it's not really a series, but it's kind of a group of messages, uh, what to do when our ship's sinking, and we saw an example of what the apostles did during that time, and uh, they went to the Lord, they woke him up, they told him, asked him some questions, and he laid out a plan for them, and uh, he talked about prayer, and about following through in God's Word, and understanding, and uh, not merely being hearers of the Word, and deceiving ourselves, but being doers, and uh, we talked last week about uh, what's hindering our prayers. You know, we pray and we offer up a prayer of faith. And if you'd like to go back, you can go back on our uh, uh, on the internet to the, our homepage, and you can hear those messages <clears throat> in their entirety. And uh, today, I want us to turn to Acts chapter sixteen, and uh, the oceans rise on us sometimes, don't they? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I mean, Acts chapter 16, we're not really going to be in the ocean, but have you ever had one of those days? And you know, that's just enough to say, you understand what I'm talking about this morning without explaining. Well, during uh, this time in Acts chapter 16, and we're going to start down in verse 16, Paul and Silas are having one of those days. (coughs) excuse me, once we were going to the place of prayer, and I think that's worth noting where they're headed, and we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she uh, decided the future, a fortune teller. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling, and this girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, who are going to tell you the way to be saved. So get this picture. They're there, they're going through, and all of a sudden this girl falls in and she begins making this announcement. And she kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. And when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. And they brought them before the magistrates magistrates, and said, These are men are Jews, and they're throwing our city in an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or to practice. Now, I want to just remind you of something real quick. Remember the Jews are under Roman captivity. The Romans don't care what the Jews do religiously, 
uh, any of their customs. They'll let them do anything as long as there's not a civil disturbance. If there's a civil disturbance, then the Romans are come down and they're going to they're gonna say, okay, Jews, you got to stop it. Because they understood if, there's a, if there begins to be an uproar and, and things begin to, to go out of control, that the Roman authorities are going to come down and they're going to say, hey, what, what's going on? They're going to go to these magistrates and they're going to say, you're losing control of, of these Jewish people. You need to keep them under control. So you see what happens. They come and they go before the magistrates and they say, hey, these two men are throwing the city in an uproar because they knew that's the only way the Roman officials would do anything about it. They're, they're advocating customs unlawful, unlawful for us as Romans to accept our practice. And then the crowd joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped down and to be beaten. And after they had severely flogged them, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such order, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and all at once the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains became loose. And the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison's doors was open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had all escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself! We're all here! And the jailer called for lights, and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out, of, brought them out and asked him, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, and you and your household. Now, he's not saying if they believed that they would be saved and their household too. He's saying, You believe, and you'll be saved. And if your household, if they believe, they'll be saved. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all of the others in his house at the hour of night, and the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and he immediately, then immediately he and all his family were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Now you can go on and read the rest of that if you'd like to, but this morning as we're reading our our scripture here, this is Paul and, and his adventures in Greece, you might say. He, uh, he's there, he's on a missionary journey, he's around the town of Philippi, and initially things are going pretty well. He's there on a missionary journey. He's there, and, and I want you to notice, as I said a while ago, notice where he's headed. He's headed to a place of prayer, so we can look at this and say, okay, he's in God's will right here. He's, he's on a missionary journey. He's telling people about Jesus Christ. There's, those are being saved. Those are following Christ, and he's going to a place of prayer. So everything's going really well in the center of God's will, but one day, however, things begin to change, and all of a sudden, this certain woman who was a fortune teller, she comes up and she begins to follow Paul and Silas. And the Bible says these men were slaves of the Most High and we proclaim, they proclaiming to you the, the way of salvation. Now at first that may seem like a good thing. You might think, well, that's good. That's free advertising. I mean, she's going around and she's, she's telling this every way, to everyone and the, the picture is she's yelling this out. 
And there's people around and there's crowds around and, and she's just yelling it out and yelling it out and yelling it out. And, and what appeared at first may be good, maybe good, it was really a distraction. And there was nothing good coming from it. It was really a nuisance. And so, so finally Paul said, all right, I'm fed up with this. And essentially, I'll tell you, I may have told you all this several years ago. Denise and I went to San Antonio and we were on, a, I think, an anniversary trip or something. And we went to a, John Hagee's church and we were there listening to him. And me, if I go visit somewhere, I get down, I get up front where I can see what's going on. I don't get back there in the back and get who you I get about four rows back and he... He tells a joke, and I'm sitting probably about where Dylan's sitting, and there's a man sitting over there, you know, just about where Karen's sitting, and, and uh, this guy goes, oh, oh, boy, you're in trouble now. You know, the ladies are going to be after you. He's still preaching. And, and this guy's going, oh, boy, you're going to, after church, you're gonna, they're going to be on you, and they're, you're in big trouble. And he just keeps on going, you know. And, and uh, John Hagee's up there preaching and preaching, and, and finally, I'm fixing to holler, so don't be scared. I, uh, finally, he goes, you be quiet! And he just kept preaching. And I, boy, I was like, God, oh, Denise, you, you know, I mean, boy, just pointed at him, yelled at him, just kept preaching. And uh, he, he, he got quiet. <laughs> we all got quiet. I guarantee you, three-fourths of the people in there never realized he said that. I mean, he just, he just went right, he just flowed right on through his message. And when I think about this, this lady, that's what, that's what I'm thinking about. Paul and Silas are there, they're up giving the, uh, the truth about Jesus Christ, and this whole time, this woman, she's over there in the background saying, these men are slaves of the Most High God who's going to tell you the way of salvation, and, and they just on and on and on. So Paul recognizes that she has a, an evil spirit, and he cast that demon spirit from her, and she was delivered. She stopped that, and the problem was, as we read, these, these influential men of the town owned that slave, and they were using her to make money. So they realized all of a sudden that, hey, because of this, because of what Paul has done here, she can't tell the future anymore. Incidentally, also, if you uh, have ever heard or you read Scripture, the, the, the Bible's real clear on, on Christians going to reading fortunes and going to soothsayers and, and all the things that we have. You know why? Those things are of Satan. And that, that just, the Bible says, be careful not to give Satan a foothold. Well, that's what those things do. When we go to reading, even reading horoscopes and things like that, we begin to open the door for Satan and give him a path in. And that's why the Bible is real clear about we need to stay away from those things. And in this case, we see a, a woman who could tell the future, and Paul and Silas recognized it was because it was of Satan. So they, they cast this demon out, and because of that, they're rushed into a makeshift court, and in that court, the, the crowd starts getting behind uh, the, the the accusers and say, yeah, they're doing all these things, and they begin to the, be an uproar. See what I'm saying about the Romans? They said, oh no, this is, starting a, this is starting some civil disobedience. So they just said, we want you to strip these men, and they flogged them, they beat them, and they, they whipped them with a, with a cat of nine tails, and that's what the flogging is. And then they throw them in the most inner part of the prison where their feet are fastened in stocks. Now, if you go on and read the rest of this story, Paul's a Roman, so they can't do that to Romans. Romans can't uh, uh, illegally try a person who is a Roman. They could do it to the Jews because as far as they were concerned, the Jews were just outsiders. 
And Paul tells them, hey, I'm a Roman, and uh, those things get worked out. But anyway, what I want us to think about this morning is what seemed like a great thing. Paul and Silas, they're ministering, they're, they're on a missionary journey, they're headed up to a place of prayer, and just like that, they have one of those days. I mean, their day goes from good day to bad day. Have you ever had one? Just one of those days. One of those days where there was just a hint that things weren't going well. And it was one of those days. One of those days when one bad thing after another bad thing, and they, they just become to, to come at you and they start hitting you. One of those days when, when you just have to hold on to someone and, and at least you think, well, things can't get any worse. And then they do. That was one of those days. I mean, that was Paul and Silas here. And, and let me give you some true examples that I'm talking about. A man in London, Ontario, was so mad after being given a speeding ticket that he raced away from the officer, he's burned out rubber, and the officer simply went and nabbed him a second time, gave him a third ticket for making unnecessary noise. <laughs> yes, that's when your day goes from bad to worse, isn't it? You know, I'm going to show him, and he spins out, and he just stops him and says, okay, here's you another ticket. Uh, surprised to be burglarized in a house in uh, Artawan, Belgium, wherever that is, a thief came out of the back door, climbed over a nine-foot-high wall, and dropped down into the city prison. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a bad day that got worse. A woman came home, found her husband in the kitchen, shaking frantically, is what she described it, with what looked like a wire running, running from his waist toward the electric kettle, and intending to knock him free from the deadly current, she found a large piece of firewood and whacked him on the arm, breaking his arm in two places to find out he was only listening to his iTunes on his iPhone. <laughs> so uh, those are supposed to be true. Now, I, w- I can go check them, but uh, I guess that's my kind of dancing. But the text uh, here in Acts, it, it, it clearly indicates that uh, that Paul and Silas were having one of those days. They were just having one of those days. And folks, often our bad days tend to do what? They just tend to get worse. And uh, if you've ever had a bad day, if you've ever had a bad week, boy, I have. I mean, all of us here, and, and I've really told you all the last couple of weeks, it seems like this is really for me. What do you usually do when you have a bad day and it starts getting worse? You don't have to answer that, but I want you to think about it. I know what I do. I fly off the handle. You ever do that? I told y'all a few weeks ago, I I fought the wind, just mad, you know, throw tools, kick stuff. I mean, what do you do? And y'all laugh, but you're laughing because you do the same thing. Most of us, we, you know, maybe you cuss and get mad. You, uh, you may get mad at God. You may just throw a fit. You may just blow up on everybody around. What do you do when you have a bad day? I mean, I want you to think about that. In fact, for those that, that are not serving Christ, or if we're not serving Christ as His children, a lot of times, if we're not in the middle of His will, one of those days can get pretty stressful. Because when we start getting outside of God's will, we realize, you know, we're, we're losing the battle. And, and even beyond that, uh, if, you, if you're an unrighteous person, if you're somebody that's never accepted Christ, it, it can really get bad. I, I told you last week I've, I fought a bit the fire and, and uh, fought against the wind before, but this week, uh, Wednesday of this week, I have a, a, an app on my phone and it gives me a scripture of the day. 
And uh, this is what it said. Do not, this is Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger, ang- anger resides in the laps of fools. And uh, I didn't appreciate that from God when he sent that my way, you know. But, but think about what it's saying. Don't, you know, don't, don't be that way. Don't be quickly provoked. In your spirit, for anger resides in the laps of fools. Well, today I was looking, and my scripture today, I'm not going to read it, and I'm not going to turn there for time's sake, but Psalms 21, 1 through 8, and, and it really goes along this too. It talks about praising the Lord and, and that scripture. And, and thank God, he says, if we confess our sins, he's able to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But in the middle of one of those days... And I mentioned the unrighteous person, that that person that has no hope in Christ. The prophet Amos describes this unrighteous man. Now listen to this. The unrighteous. I, I bet you there's not a handful of people that's ever read this, but it says an unrighteous man is like one who runs from a lion, meets a bear, then when he gets to his house, he leans on the wall exhausted, only to have a snake bite him. <laughs> now that's in Scripture. Do you know that? That's, that's Amos 5.19, but it's talking about that unrighteous. That's a bad day, ain't it? I mean, you run from a lion, you run into a bear, you finally get home, you lean on the wall exhausted, and a snake come and bites you. You know, for those that are not ready to meet the Lord, those days are going to get even worse. For those that's never accepted Christ, those bad days, it says in Revelation, they will be days of torment and there will be night and day forever in, in, in torment. That's why a true child of God, we can't have a really, really bad day. We may think it's a really bad day, but as a child of God, we have some hope. We have some, some, some promises that we have from God that says, hey, in the midst of your bad day, weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. That's good news, Christians. In the midst of our bad days, that weeping, it, it may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Romans eight twenty eight. it's often misquoted, but in Romans it says, you know, that all things work to the good for those that are called by God, who love the Lord and been called according to His purpose. And so in those bad days, we need to realize that there's a, there's a bad day today, but there's going to be joy. In those, in those bad days, we need to realize, hey, God can take this situation. Not that this situation is good, but He can turn it around for His goodness. So how did Paul and Silas handle this situation? The Scripture states in, in Acts 16.25 that we read, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns of praise to God, and all the prisoners there were listening. Now before I get in farther into this, I want you to remember one thing. Others are watching us as Christians. You hear that right there? Paul and Silas, they were known in Philippi. They were known in that area as one who is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's prisoners all in this prison, but they're listening to Paul and Silas. Folks, as Christians, when we're having a bad day, we need to realize other people are looking at us even some who are unrighteous, even some who don't know the Lord, and they're going to see how we handle tough situations and how we handle our bad days. First, we begin with prayer, and Paul and Silas begin with calling upon the name of Jesus. They begin in prayer. They're having a bad day. 
For me, sometimes when I have a bad day, instead of turning to God, I blame God. I say, God, why are you putting me through? Why am I in this situation? Why are these things happening? That's not what Paul and Silas did. They just began to, to simply pray from the heart, and they begin to lift their request up to God. Remember what it says in John 27, that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me. I mean, they understand that... that when they've seen me, they've seen the Father, and I and the Father are one. That's what Paul and Silas remembered. Remember in Matthew eleven thirty, where Jesus says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, that's what Christ has for us in the midst of our bad days. Have you ever learned to, or, or told somebody, you need, to, you need to take it easy on yourself? Maybe somebody's in that situation, you say that. You know, as Christians, we need to do that sometimes. We need to, we need to take it easy on ourselves. And remember, the Lord says, hey, I have a light burden for you. I mean, if you just bring it to me and, and dump it on me, that I'm going to take care of that burden, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that away from you, or I'm going to help you through those difficult times, that that." that poem that, that we used to read, it used to be read a lot, that footprints in the sand, you know, and uh, the guy comes to the Lord and says, I don't understand, looking back in my toughest times, you would leave me, and the Lord says, it's in those times that I was carrying you, and, and to understand that, that the Lord says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and, and they come to Jesus and they begin to pray, and, and they begin to, to turn the situation over to him. Joseph Severance, you, you may or may not have heard of him, but I promise you've heard of what he did. It says, it sustained him, prayer. He learned the power of prayer when all seemed lost in his life. See, Joseph's fiancé drowned. <laughs> what is that, J.C., my fiancé? Uh, inside joke there from a John Wayne movie. Unhand my fiancé. Uh, you see, Joseph's fiance drowned the night before their scheduled wedding, and soon thereafter, his mother was ill, and he wrote this letter to his mother, and enclosed in this letter was a poem that he had written, and we know the words of this, Oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. You know, when we're in the midst of a bad day, oh, what peace we often forfeit and what needless pain we bear because we fail to carry it to God in prayer. And we look at Paul and Silas. That's what they, they, they came. They're in prison. They've been whipped. They've been beaten. They're naked in a prison. And they bring it to prayer. Prayer is, is our open line to God and His presence. Here's the second thing Paul and Silas did. I can't imagine this, but they, they just continued to praise the Lord. You know what praise is? Praise is a joyful sound. A joyful sound. Psalms 89, 15 says, this is out of the message, but I want to hear it's a different translation. It says, blessed are the people who know the password of praise. Isn't that a great scripture? <laughs> Blessed are the people who know the password of praise, who shout on parade in the presence of God. You know, in the midst of our rough day, how often do you and, and how often do I, uh, things are getting worse, and we, we pray and we praise God. We have a joyful sound lifted from our 
from my mouth. Listen to what James 3, 9 said. These are not going to be on the, until they get them keyed up. But I was just reading this, and, and again, I thought about my, about my tongue and about what I do often. James 3, 9 says, With our tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's image. And out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. And brothers, this shouldn't be. You know, that's, that's kind of convicting to us, isn't it? I mean, because I'm asking myself again, what do I do when I'm having a really bad day? And to look at Paul and Silas, and they, they came and they began to pray, and then they continued with their praise to God the Father. In the eyes of man... Uh, this was this this shouldn't happen, should it? In the eyes of man, we we understand we're kind of conditioned. There's there's nothing to sing about right now. There's nothing to be praised and make a joyful sound right now. I'm having a bad day, so why would I pray and why would I make a joyful sound today? Well, why would we do that? It was because of our faith. You see, Paul and Silas, they knew they were going to be delivered because Paul knew he had a plan before him that God had set out. And God said, hey, Paul, you're going to go to Rome and you're going to testify in Rome. And and Paul realized, hey, this is a bad day. But God has bigger plans than me for today. Yeah, there may be some tears tonight, but there's going to be joy in the morning. So through his faith, he was able able to say, hey, even with all these things happening, I'm going to continue to pray, and I'm going to continue to praise the Lord my Savior because I know this is only going to last for a short time. Even though it had been bad up to that point, they realized that God was with them, and it takes faith to praise God in the midst of a bad day. Amen? I mean, do you ever just get in your car and, and I shouldn't even tell you all this. Y'all, run, y'all may run me off for this, but, but I might get in the car and I, I hate bad drivers. I'm one of the few good drivers in Texas. Uh, but, you know, I, I, can, I can have the radio on 99.7. That's, that's a good station, plays a lot of music we sing on Sunday mornings. And I can get in Dallas traffic, and i got to turn that radio off because I don't want to hear no songs of praise right now. I'm mad at these idiots. You know, that's just how I am sometimes. But it takes faith to praise God on a bad day. And it takes faith to pray to God on a bad day. But once we've prayed, we put our problems in God's hand. Once we praise, we said, God, we know uh, you're going to take care of this situation. At that point, I think we can really face the bad day. To do anything less, listen to this, if you've if you checked out, and I'm about through, to do anything less is to suggest that either God doesn't hear or God doesn't care. Isn't that true? To do anything less in the midst of a bad day than to pray and offer up praise is to suggest, God, you don't hear my problems or you don't care about my problems, one or the other. If you believe He hears, if you believe He cares then in the midst of your bad day, praise the Lord and offer up a prayer. God was truly working through Paul and Silas during this time. Listen to this. If you're making notes, prayer plus praise equals deliverance. I hope you'll remember that this morning. Prayer plus praise equals deliverance. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning, and we're going to just have a, a short time of prayer. And uh, I want you to think back about what we sing today through our through our song service and some of the songs. I I know whom I have believed, and He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. And 
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and in his time he makes all things right and all things perfect and all things beautiful. You know, if we really believe the songs that we sing, we're going to have bad days. The waves are going to crash on us. Our oceans are going to rise. The ship's going to start sinking. We're going we're to have some hindrances to our prayer. We're going to have some of those days. But you know what? Those tears last for a lifetime, but there's joy in the morning. And our prayer plus our praise equals our deliverance. Here's where the question comes. Do we have faith to believe that? God, I believe it, but I'm going to live it on my own. I've got to try it on my own. And, and Paul and Silas said, you know, there's nothing we can do, but we can pray. And we can praise. And others around them begin to listen, begin to see how they responded in the midst of a bad day. And because of that, there were lives changed. As a Christian, that's our first priority. I mean, we, we serve the Lord first. He's our first, he's our first job. And, but, but our job as a Christian is to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. In the midst of our bad days, when we respond as Paul and Silas, others see that. And they respond to Christ because they realize in the midst of our bad day, we have hope, something they may not have. So this morning, just a, a prayer plus praise equals deliverance. And I pray that you'd remember that. And, uh, you know, the song that we sing, we call it the doxology. It says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. And praise him above, you heavenly, foe, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son. And Holy Ghost. And this morning I pray that it would be my prayer for myself and my prayer for you that we would find ourselves in the midst of a bad day and we would find deliverance through our prayer and through our praise. Lord, I pray this morning uh, as we look into your word, as we see uh, live examples of someone who, who had a bad day and a bad day only got worse. But Father, we see an example of them that uh, instead of following the pattern of the world, they turn to you in faith, through prayer and through praise, knowing that you had something better tomorrow. Father, I pray that we'd be able to learn and be able to practice that within our lives. Father, I pray today that if we go from this place, that we would understand you, that we would understand your desire for us, and that we would trust you with all that we are that we would not lean on our own understandings, but in all our ways would acknowledge you and you would direct our paths. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.